Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. It is great to have you with us. Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and welcome one of our favorite people and a pro football Hall of Famer coming up this summer. The one and only Isaac Bruce is with us. Isaac, it's great to have you. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, Randy? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. How are you handling quarantining? Uh, you know what? It's uh, not not too big of a change for us. Um, uh, the homeschooling part is uh, something that I'm uh, learning to love, uh, to enjoy, and uh, I think we're getting a lot out of it. So just being around uh, the family a, a lot more, uh, I think is good. I want to ask you this, and early on in this situation, we had Aeneas on, and you two are both men of great logic and great faith. And I just want to ask you, and I know you've thought about this, why do you think this is happening? Um, well, uh, I think this is a, a, a wake-up call on a lot of different levels, Um I think that uh, this is an opportunity for uh, uh, people to really get to know uh, what they have been putting their trust in. And if it hasn't been uh, directed to the source, I think this is an opportunity for those adjustments to be made. And uh, not only that, but to have an opportunity to allow God to show you just who he is and what he can do in the midst of uh, what pe- some people may be calling a pandemic or a famine, uh, that he can produce not only, you know, what your resources have been producing for you, but probably over and above. I mean, that's my experience with uh, with the Father. So um, I feel like this is an opportunity for those who have become workaholics, uh, who don't spend time with their families, this is an opportunity to reconnect and uh, be joined uh, into, you know, uh, family issues and family settings that, that, that we've probably never had. I mean, we haven't had it in my 47 years. So uh, I think this is that opportunity and we're, we're getting that. Thanks for that perspective, Isaac. I think a lot of people really resonate with what you're saying there. But one of the things that we have been doing since we've been at home is kind of revisiting old teams, amazing games, obviously in the absence of live, of live sports. And a lot of people have been locked into the last dance and watching Michael Jordan and those 90s Bulls teams. And when I watch that and I watch Michael Jordan and how he pushed his teammates to be great or at least challenged them to attempt to be as great as he was, I thought about your team and the greatest show on turf. And there was wasn't one singular person on that team that was great. That team was laced with greatness. So it made me wonder, was there one person on that team that kind of assumed that Jordan role and maybe pushed other people on the team to work harder or challenge them to be great? Uh, 
Uh, first and foremost, uh, probably I, I'd have to say uh, Coach Vermil, Coach Martz. They were those. They were those guys, and and from that leadership, you know, it kind of trickled down to uh, just the players and the leaders that we had in both huddles. I mean, you look at the defense. You look at London Fletcher, uh, the Mike Joneses. You look on the offensive side. You got the Orlando Pace, uh, Falk. You have Warner. Um, you know, these are guys and people who closed the door early on a lot of foolishness. I mean, you know, the, 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 you know, the outcasts of uh, uh, that, that would normally be in some locker rooms, the guy who just didn't want to, you know, uh, come in line with, you know, the way we do things, you know, that door was shut really early by a lot of those guys. And, you know, we were taught to just fall in line and do as those people did and get their results. And um, it's amazing just how we all had that one mindset of winning a championship. And uh, we kind of knew what it took. Uh, we, we knew that we didn't have much time to uh, really, uh, you know, just act a fool like some people would do. And, you know, like I said, that door was closed quickly. Isaac, from the first time I ever saw you in practice in 1995, I thought that you challenged other people in practice, though. You didn't have to say anything. It was with your effort in practice, whether it was a defensive back that was going against you or the other wide receivers that were lining up to run a route behind you. I thought your efforts challenged other guys. Oh, uh, definitely. That was that was part of it. I mean, um, you know, in watching this documentary, it's it's so... It's like, you know, it's like being at home. And, you know, you have those moments where you must challenge yourself, and that challenge has to begin in practice. And for my children, I tell them, you know, some of the biggest stuff you face is, you know, it's going to be here at home first so that when you're out in the field, um, you know, it's not a surprise to you. So there there are moments when you see, uh, you know, defensive backs and uh, wide receivers, they engage or they get in a fight. Offensive alignment, defensive alignment, they engage and get in a fight. Always felt like that if, you know, the guys who are going up against Orlando, if they could beat Orlando in practice, that'd be no problem for them to beat, you know, the, the, the Jonathan Ogdens and other guys that they have to go up against in our, in our division. So um, just that proving ground, it always began in practice. And uh, we made sure that, you know, uh, if we were going to fight, um, fight me first. I'll fight my defensive backs first. And from there on Sunday, I know you'll fight with me when it comes to fighting, you know, a Cardinal or 49ers or, or, or those people. So um, that respect and that proven ground always happened in practice first. It's, it's funny that you bring up Orlando's name because he was just so good that sometimes guys going against him playing right end just so that they wouldn't get disheartened would have to be moved to the left side now and then. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, another thing, um, you know, he was a guy that challenged himself. I mean, because uh, he had to prove every day that he was Orlando the Great. I mean, you know, you have a guy come in, a fresh uh, rookie, first-round pick, second-round pick, and uh, they want to they wanna show you why they're that pick. And, you know, you see Mount, Mount Pace standing there. So now he has to prove to them why he is who he is. And uh, that was an everyday process, uh, sometimes in practice, especially in training camp. So, you know, you had to you had to fortify your reputation. I mean, it's it's a it's a prove it to me game, and we had to prove it day in and day out. 
Isaac, as you talk about this, it's obvious that you have that competitive drive, that competitive nature, and it seems like everyone on that team did as well. And one of the things that we are seeing in The Last Dance is that with Michael Jordan, that bled over into the locker room. It bled over into his personal life, just trying to satiate that competitive nature at all times. Did that happen with The Greatest Show on Turf? Did you guys find competition in other ways off the field? Uh, I think it did. I mean, uh <laughs> It was uh, just a competitive mindset for a lot of people on that team. And, uh, you know, it was contagious, which was a good thing. Um, I, I, I think the, the, the true crux of it really be, began before the, you know, the construction of the greatest show on turf. Um, you know, when I was drafted in 1994, we didn't have a very good team. And it seems as if, uh, you know, players really didn't care. I mean, my second year when I came into the league and, you know, you know, I started to have some success, but at the same time, team success was escaping us. And, you, you know, I just got – I was done with that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted to go to the playoffs. I wanted to have an opportunity to play and, and win in a Super Bowl. And uh, I just started to feel like, you know, a lot of guys that I was even drafted with, they weren't on the same page. So that, I really started to really shut down from a, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, going out and hanging out, have, even having dinner with guys because – you know, I wanted more. So that competitive nature, you know, started to uh, started to start to manifest itself in a, from a standpoint that if I don't trust you, if I can't trust you in practice, if I can't trust you to block these guys when you have to block them, I mean, I don't think I should hang around you. So, you know, we football players and athletes were strange. Um, I think respect is, is, is a lot bigger than I like you or I don't like you. Um, we go out to, to gain the respect of our peers and coaches. Isaac, it sounds exhausting as, I, as I'm listening to you talk about this, to feel that competitive nature all the time, to feel like, you know, I don't even want to go to dinner with these guys because I'm so laser focused on my quest to win. After you guys won the Super Bowl, was there a sigh of relief or did it feel like the pressure was almost doubled because then you had to just lace them back up and do it all over again? Well, there was a sigh of relief uh, probably right up until the start of training camp. I mean, you know, or, or the all-season programs because, I mean, being being in the National Football League, it's it's it's, it's from Sunday to Sunday. I mean, uh, most guys believe what they see on the film, but most guys don't believe what they see on the film. And what I mean by that is that, okay, you may have shut this guy down for two catches and probably 15 yards, but I'm not him. So uh, we'll probably come out and run the exact same stuff, and I expect to catch, you know, probably seven catches, 150 for two touchdowns versus this same guy. So – um, just, just having that mindset of, uh, I have to prove it to you and I got to make you prove it to me. I think it bodes well for a lot of, a lot of players and it bodes well for, you know, uh, the competition level that, that the NFL has and that it breeds. Isaac, when you see uh, a guy like Jordan and you see the really ultra competitive guys that we were talking about that, that you played with, is that competitive fire something that is inherent or are you born with it or can that be taught? I think both. I think some people are born with it, and then you know it it becomes contagious. I mean, as we look and see, we we see what Jordan uh, was going through. I mean, he learned it in his family, in his household, and when he meet when he met a guy like Scottie Pippen, um, Scottie Pippen had just about the same physical tools as a Michael Jordan, but that fire had to be lit, and and when that fire got lit, now you have two very dominant basketball players that will not take no for an answer. So. Um, it can be taught. I think uh, guys can pick it up. I think when you know, once that nature changes, 
you see a different person. I mean, you look at it from a boxing standpoint. Uh, you know, I hear stories about Buster Douglas. He wasn't that guy. Uh, he wasn't the same guy that knocked out Mike Tyson before. You know, he was Mike he, before he knocked out Mike Tyson. So somewhere down the line, you start to you, you know you start to uproot trees or plants that 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 shouldn't have been planted on the inside of you, and new trees are replanted, and it produces a different fruit. So uh, I think competitive, you can be born with it, and you can also uh, you can also learn to be more competitive. Isaac Bruce does amazing things in the St. Louis community still, and the Hall of Famer still planning to have his free free football clinic this summer, hopefully June 20th, but I know that you want to get it in. Absolutely. We're still kind of in a holding pattern right now, trying to figure out, you know, if we can put this clinic on. And uh, uh, hopefully we can. We've been going 15 years strong here doing it. And uh, the kids love it. The parents, they love it as well. Um, you know, everything is kind of on hold as far as with the Hall of Fame is still on hold right now. And uh, we're still gathering information about that. Uh, only thing that I can truly say that is uh, the gala for the Isaac Bruce Foundation. We're, we're moving ahead on that, moving forward on it, and hopefully to have it uh, uh, really nailed down for July 24th. So uh, all the information about that is on my website, IsaacBruce.org, and uh, we're looking to get it done. Hey, but before we let you go, uh, you mentioned that you're uh, you're on hold in regards to the Hall of Fame. But how's that Hall of Fame speech coming along? <laughs> you know, um, you know, things like that tend to write themselves. Uh, so I make sure I keep a notebook by me. Uh, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and may jot something down, or when I'm rehabbing, uh, you know, some thoughts will come to my mind, some people will come to my mind, and I just make sure I have a, a notepad close enough so I can just write those thoughts down so that I don't lose them. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be full of thank yous, thank yous. And uh, I mean, it could take a couple of shots at some people, some organizations, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you're the best. We love you, Isaac. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. We'll talk soon. And uh, you are going in. At some point, you're, you're going to make that speech in Canton, and, uh, and we'll be there for it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me.